Hello and welcome to Frock Flicks, the historical movie costume podcast. And I'm Tristan L. Bass, your host, and I'm here with one half of our original Broadway recording cast, Kendra Van Cleave. And today we're just two of us because Sarah Lorraine is off at a Society for Creative Anachronism event, uh, just as Sarah and I recorded once without Kendra when she was off at Dick Fair. Losers. So, and it wasn't as good. Yeah. Well, and you'll apparently always be stuck with me because I have no life and uh, outside of Frogflix. Um, and she has the mic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real truth. Um, today we are podcasting A Little Chaos, the movie that is currently in theaters and might even still be when we went by the time we post this, um, that is directed by Alan Rickman, co-written by Alan Rickman, Rawr. <laughs> um, and starring Alan Rickman and Kate Winslet. And um, first, a little background uh, about the movie and the costume designer. Let's go for that. Uh, or okay, the movie. The movie first. So the movie itself, it's um, uh, it's set in 1682. Uh, it's at the court or at the court of the Sun King, played by Alan Rickman. That would be Louis the Fourteenth. Yes, of France. Yes, France. Uh, and it's about the building of the gardens of Versailles. It is a fictional tale. Uh, Kate Winslet plays an entirely fictional character. Um, oh God, what's the guy's name? Martin. Sh- oh, the actor's name. Sorry. Schoenertz? I don't know. He's we don't speak Danish. I'm hot sorry. Danish actor. He was also in Far from the Matting Field, which uh, Far played. Far from the Matting Crowd. Cro- Jesus, what is my brain's off today? I'm sorry, it's a holiday. Um, which is, which is reviewed on our site, frockflix.com. Uh, so this is a big year for him. Uh, so he plays, um, the note, uh, Andre de note del le, le notre. God. Okay. Perhaps I shouldn't speak anyway. Uh, so he pay, pl- plays the main gardener and architect of all the garden gardens at Versailles. He also, the, this historical character also designed the gardens at the first at the Tuileries and at Volet Vicomte, basically all the hot shit chateaus en France. Um, so he's a real character. Uh, Louis is a real character. Uh, Other Kate, nobles who are real characters that she interacts uh, with. Yes. Kate Winslet's character, Sabine, Madame de whatever, something, something like that, uh, is a totally fictional character. So it's a fictional story within a real setting. Right. Um, and there's love, romance, uh, conflict, and gardening. Yes, as one does. Yes. So the costume designer is Joan Bergen, whose name you probably know because she designed for the Tudors. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. We'll come back to that little factoid. Um, she's been working at least as a lead as a lead costume designer. I'm sure she's been working even longer, you know, as in costume departments, etc. But since 1989, she's done a number of films, many of which are contemporary. Uh, like In the Name of the Father, um, My Left Foot, things like that. And then she's done some TV period stuff, like uh, an adaptation of Sweeney Todd and one of David Copperfield um, in various, you know, again, sort of smaller TV movies. Um, in terms of period movies, the big ones would be starting with The Prestige, which was in 2006 with Hugh Jackman, Dueling Magicians in the late 19th century, then The Tudors, then Camelot, and then she, uh, Vikings. Which she's currently still doing. Is she? Okay. It's still on, yeah. Yeah. All right. And, um, and then A Little Chaos. So, uh, been working for a long time, not tons of period experience, but some. Yeah, so, um, I'm going to talk about the movie a little bit, impressions of the movie, and then let's just dive straight into costume, because, oh, 
oh, honey, we're not going to, we got a lot to say. Yeah, totally. Impressions of the movie overall, I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, there wasn't anything horrendous about it. I, th- I would say it's definitely sort of a quiet film and a thoughtful film, but not, I don't know. I don't know if I can see myself particularly watching it again, but then, you know, I wasn't bored. Yeah, I have to say, you know, while it's in the theaters, you know, you can wait for cable or or Netflix or whatever. It, it, it looks pretty on a big screen, but it's also not like you'll see all the you know costume details and blah blah blah. Uh, it's it's a quote unquote small film. Uh, yeah, I mean it was a limited budget, and that shows. I mean yeah. I think that the dialogue was well written. Kate Winslet, as always, you know, gives a great performance. Um, you know, I mean they definitely it felt fictionalized. I mean you could tell, and in some ways that's interesting. I actually just recently. Uh, read a quote by Alan Rickman who was talking about, of course, it's fictionalized and, you know, but that's the the joy of movies is that you can go back and you can insert uh, a female character and look at things from a more feminist perspective. Sometimes it feels, you know, I don't know, it's not one of those like down and gritty, you know, films, but then it's also not, you know, just rich people flouncing around either. Yeah, you bring up a good point that I've I've read in uh, a number of reviews in you know Variety and the New York Times, Washington Post, where they kind of go back and forth about, well, it's not historically accurate to have a woman who would be a gardener, and it's you know f- inserting feminist overtones in history, and then others where it's so refreshing to see a woman in these period and see see a period film from a woman's point of view. So you know that's also that's not just a Jane Austen. Sorry, right. Jane Austen is nuanced, but yeah. still a. Who, you know, will they, won't they get married kind of thing. I kind of go back and forth. I mean, I'm somebody, I, I read historical fiction novels. So, um, as well as obviously watching movie and TV. So I'm fine with taking a fictionalized approach. And I'm even fine with, um, with something like this that does take sort of a slant on things that maybe it wouldn't have happened in the period. Um, but I'm also interested in people who do explore what it really was like right. for individual women or for um women as a whole i don't know sometimes it does annoy me to go back Mm -hmm. and and sort of because i feel like it it takes away the complexities and makes it seem like oh it was all hunky-dory back then um which we know it wasn't that said again the film does show um at least a, a little bit how kate winslet's character does um come up against some uh kind of a backlash about her being a woman in a man's world and, you know, kind of when she is starting this design project, how uh, the other, you know, the, the, the laborers who would be you know, helping, you know, who, who would be building the, the project that she's working on, you know, they kind of resist and they like, we don't work for a woman and, you know, all that. So and even just getting the job too, the, the other designers who are up for the job are kind of <laughs> well, uh, oh little girl you're getting <laughs> even your crazy uterus well, it's funny that you'd even apply <laughs> how do you think you're gonna do that your ovaries are gonna get in the way <laughs> all these ovaries uh, flapping uh, around uh, cute, Although, cute of you to do it but uh, yes always oh, and she darling yeah. um but i guess i will say the thing that all, that makes in a way that works okay for me and does in other instances of historical fiction is when it's not like they've just rewritten all of history. It's not just like, oh, women are doctors, they're lawyers, they're kings, they're, you know, they're doing everything. Yeah. It's, okay, we're taking one woman and what if, yes. and playing that out as opposed to just sort of, everything was great. Sure. You know? Yeah, they give her a complicated backstory about why she would be 
solo gardener and all this stuff. So it fits. It isn't super jarring to me. Again, yeah. even knowing the history of the time, yeah. I'll give that a pass. And also, you know, Kate Winslet, she's awesome. She is awesome. But again, you know, it's one to watch on cable. I might, I, I could foresee myself watching it one more time at some point in my life, but it's not something that's going to go on repeat. Uh, it was nice. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. But I didn't, but I didn't keel over and wet myself. No. And like I do with some movies. If you're, I would say definitely if you're a fan of Alan Rickman or Kate Winslet. Or gardening. Or gardening. Or this, well, okay, maybe not this period. Yeah, because we have We'll get to that. Yes. Um, If you're a fan of any of those things, definitely check it out. out. It's cool. It's fun. It's a, it's a nice way to spend a couple hours, you know. So, okay, let's dive into the costuming because, what did we say? Okay. It's set in 1682. Yes. Keep that in mind. Okay. You'll have to keep that in mind because the costumes won't always be the good clue. And it was a limited budget production. So right off the bat, I'm going to, we may point out some things on some more minor characters or even talk about extras, but I'm going to say, I understand that with a limited budget, you really have to be focusing on your principles and then it's whatever the hell else we can put on everybody else that might vaguely work. But there were some egregious issues let's talk first about kate winslet's wardrobe yes let's start with kate so the interesting thing with her is of course she's i mean she's not poor she's not a housefrau but she's not anybody yeah she has she even says she has no drop of noble blood in her right she's got nothing um and she's not like particularly famous or anything like that so they have this they're in a weird conundrum because they're trying to show her as you know middle class but again not housefrau because uh, she's obviously an unusual woman, etc. And of course, this is an era where there's—I mean, there are certainly sources on what you know the la- the non-nobility were wearing, but they're harder to find, sure. And so I can tell that some of the things they're sort of trying to take, you know, ideas of what the upperest class was wearing and trying to sort of scale them down or scale them back. But there are some choices that are just really weird. Yes. So, for example, in the first scene that we see her in, she's wearing what I think is supposed to be a writing habit. And it's very scaled back. And in a way, you know, I was just even looking at some period imagery. And in some ways it works because it kind of has the hip length skirt. And, you know, it's open in front over a stomacher. Um, But then it has this very sort of modern suit collar on it. (laughs) <laughs> and it's also even almost maybe too plain, I don't know, but it's just, it's so pared back. And I think that, again, they're trying to do that thing of trying to make her modern and relatable because she's the sort of the modern woman, the modern career woman. So I think that they're trying to do some touches with her of trying to get modern people to identify with her. But it just, it read Edwardian. Yeah. The suit. It, it read the wrong period, definitely. Uh, it read, you know, maybe a hundred 200 years out of date. It read vaguely the right silhouette in that really vague, you know, squint and cool. Um, I mean, it was nice that it didn't look 16th century. It didn't look 18th century. It it had touches of late Victorian Edwardian, but, it, you know, it wasn't that thing where they're like, oh, my God, she's in a Civil War ball gown. Yeah. Which, so thank, I appreciate that. You can see sort of some, but it's almost like, I'm not sure, again, if if they were taking late 17th century sources and trying to, you know, imagine what would this look like scaled back down the class level, you know, all those kinds of things. Or if they just glanced at one book and sort of, oh, yeah, I got this, no problem, and then just went off on their own. 
So I'm not sure, you know, to what degree it was conscious or not, but it's just weird. There were weird things like that. Yeah. And then she has another dress that she wears in two different scenes, one of which is that Versailles. Um, that's got this sort of, there was a big, this was sort of the start of um, Turkish Orientalism in high fashion. And it kind of looks like the sort of Turkish inspired, maybe, I don't know if it's so much Mantua, whatever. It has a crossover bodice and kind of full skirts, but then it's ultra fitted. And that's one thing with her outfits. They're ultra fitted in an era that was much more about drapey stuff that was sort of cinched in with a sash. Um, so that was weird. And then it has this weird sort of cutout skirt the way you might do like a 16th century skirt or something. And I don't know. It's just it, the weird, cu the cutouts don't work. If it was, if the whole thing was just a crossover robe, that would have been one thing. But then why is it fitted with this weird cutout in front? It just was and it had jarring. these inverted pleats in the back. Which it was, in a way, which was... Which is interesting. Well, no, and that's good because they did but, a lot of sort of stitch down pleating. This is but, sort of what leads into the sack back gown and But all it of didn't that. go with the front. Well, it didn't go with the front. <laughs> like, and, and the way it was so fitted, it yeah. made it look like it had a waist seam, even yeah. though it didn't. Yeah, it totally looked like we, it. I, we didn't I, catch that until I, like the like very end of the movie. When they when she rewears the dress. And I, and I kept... Kendra would point out, oh, it's like the Orientalist thing. I'm like, no, you're giving it way too much credit here. Um, <laughs> I kept trying. Through the she, first 15 minutes, I kept saying, well, wait. No. I'm going to reserve judgment. I'm going to wait. No, and, of no. course, they did that thing that they do in budget movies where you don't always get clear shots of a lot of things. Um, I don't want to go off track, but when we talk about Helen McCrory, oh, there was a God. lot of convenient cropping. Yeah. And where we kept being like, is that something? I don't know. And the camera wouldn't pan <laughs> lower. Yeah. Because they know, Because they know it's a bad choice. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of that. I mean, you saw more of Kate Winslet's outfits than you did of anybody else, but uh, so still, she, there's a lot where you're like, I wish I could see more of that. Yeah. Um, Just so I could know how crazy it is. Yes. Yes, that's why. Not because yeah. it's good. I mean, it would be good in a different context uh we'll get to those in a second hold that um so yeah i mean the stuff that kate winslet is wearing is it's just i i think it's really just they had to put her in something and it couldn't look like the court wear i and think that's purely the reasoning going behind it it had to look not like the court wear and not obviously like 18th century or 16th century so they and just, not frilly yeah, it, it, not frilly. Well, it's not a frilly girl. Wear. It couldn't be yeah. frilly and foofy and fancy like the court wear. Right. And it couldn't be she, obviously yeah. 16th century or obviously 18th century. Which, She's a working woman. It's 9 and, to 5, then, 1682 style. And that leads to the actual stuff that she tended to work in because she was designing the gardens, she was gardening, she was toting barges, lifting bales. Nine, a few times, and she started out wearing these little. Jackets and skirts and steampunk belts. No serious, lie. serious. Bought on Etsy yes, or, or something yes. with these giant honking so leather, brass buckles. Leather belts with, yeah, brass buckles and then like sort of weird sh shaping, scroll work. I, I, yeah. can I can show you with my fingers, but you yeah, can't it's, see. It's like that kind of wide in the back. Unnecessary the buckles. Oh, and then a, and then a leather pouch hanging off of it. huge leather pouch. Clearly, like the size of her head. She's hanging out at Ren Faire and, totally. and loves the leather workers yeah. booth. And, you know, and with this yes. little print jacket sort of thing, which it actually, was I mean, the, print? It was there was a, print. a lot of solids. There was, okay. well, no, it was like a, oh, it was the stuff, it was that Joanne's linen oh, that has, right. that's embroidered, the embroidered Joanne's linen yes. in kind of like an aqua. <laughs> right. Um, there were a lot of fabrics I recognized from Joanne's, and it's not, that's not a bad thing, it's a good budget thing, for sure, it's just that I've 
go there. I know yeah. their stuff too well. But so um, then what did she wear, Tristan? Then after, after like a few scenes of that, she's like, I'm getting down. I'm stripping it off. And she's in her corset. Among teams of like, so 30 guys uh, are working with her. She's in her stays with a shift. Um, Lenotra, who is the, this fabulous fa- uh, you know, garden designer who she's becoming closer to, comes over. She's in her stays. Whatever. All Listen, day. this is, would be like working in your bra. And that's not to say you wouldn't do it, but it would make heads double take. And there would be some guys who would be wolf whistling you. And yeah. it's that same equivalent. It, it makes you look like a whore. I mean, really, who go? Do, do you, you know, if on the. Maybe when you're it, out front in the front yard raking up leaves and you're hot, you might strip down to a sports bra. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But, uh, and you're, but con- you're gonna get wolf whistles. But your standard bra with lace, it's ivory, whatever, would you? No. Wow. It's. Yeah. And, and not, and you wouldn't do it around people you're working with who you are employing, too. That's the other thing. Especially. When it's, you know, this is a situation where you're trying to be taken seriously it, and not seen as your gender. Yeah, if you're at a construction site and you're <laughs> yes. managing the, the construction workers and you're the woman managing the construction workers, you don't strip off your shirt and work in your bra next to them. Yeah. I mean, just, just like yeah. a big fat duh. Right. And we get, of course, you know, again, they're trying to show she's practical, she's stripping down, whatever. So she would have worn, you know, maybe a, a, a sort of a, you know, a, a boned bodice. Um, uh, jumps, a little jackety yeah. thing, something. I mean, I get the the practicality of she'd you know roll she's roll, her, yeah. she's rolling her sleeves up, blah blah blah. But there's she still would have had something. I mean, they had jumps isn't basically an unboned bodice that yeah. you could wear with or without a corset that was for you know at home or yeah. that kind of thing. I could see those kinds of yeah. things working. She could hike up her skirts and be all muddy and dirty and just roll up her sleeves and get down with the people. The other thing. Speaking of down with people, was her hair. Okay. Yeah, in particular, she had leading lady syndrome. Okay, so I have this whole series. I've only done so far the 1910s, how it's all about how the whatever is going on in the time period a movie is made, how that influences the hairstyles in the movies. But I am convinced that it's our modern stripped down beachy waves, you know, and there's no, there's no styling. You're supposed to look very casual, very, you know, minimalist, all of that. And that has so influenced uh, period movie hairstyles and her hair. She has artful tendrils, little curls escaping everywhere. Sometimes it's a little more together. Like when she goes to the court at the Louvre, she's actually kind of got most of it sort of up and in, but there's still tendrils, uh, it, and then when she's working, it's even more tenderly and more out. And as it's, we ranted about in Poldark, yeah. that's the most annoying thing. The second you start sweating, all that hair is going to stick to your face and drive you batty. You know, okay, so I do the SCA events, and they're out in, you know, hot, sweaty fields. Anyone who's cooking, who's schlepping, who's mixing a drink, you wrap your hair up in a linen and a strip of linen and, and a kerchief or something. That was de rigueur for working women throughout all of time before, you know, I don't know, the 19th, 19th or uh, the 20th century. Because... 1960s. 1960s, even. probably. Yeah, you, you put... You, you see this, and there's, it's so documentable. And she would have done this, this, you know, Kate's character, because working out in the field, working with the men, totally down with that. You can work with the men. Yeah, put a freaking kerchief around your head and put that... 
hair back. Because yeah. the straggling thing, because it's not even the wispy tendrils. There no. are points in this movie where it's just straggly, yes. skanky looking hair. I have a theory. <sighs> I have a theory, and Gross. I could be wrong, that there may be secret bobby pin rationing going on in Hollywood, yeah. you know, in film industries around the world that we don't know about. We don't hear about it. But secretly, uh, bobby pins maybe are necessary to some key governmenty things. So the government has gone in and has rationed. So every movie gets two bobby pins. I, and they have yeah. to just figure out what they can do with two bobby pins. Yeah, I think they're trying to keep it from us so that we don't have a panic. Right, and have a rush bo- on bobby yeah, pins. Yeah, I, I think they don't want us to really Which know. they really shouldn't because I buy them by the truckload. No, seriously. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's not good. And uh, yes, it, it just yeah. drives me crazy. And I think back to like Cold Mountain. You've got Nicole Kidman and Renee Zellweger. They're down on their luck. They're two women alone on the farm while the men are <laughs> off at the war. And they're in there. They're hoeing. They're tilling. They're And their artful hair yeah. extensions are wafting in the wind. I also think part of it is the romantic thing. Rom- we, again, a- we talked about this in Pulled Arc, yeah. our last podcast. You know, that long, wisp, you know, artful, wavy hair, hair blowing, blowing in the, the breeze is romantic and yieldy timey. Yeah. But, oh, come on, people. Uh, just, you know... Yes, if you're standing on a sea cliff and the wind's blowing your hair back, fine. But if you're digging in the mud, or it's not romantic, it's if you're ugly. If you're dressed up to like go to a job interview, which is essentially the opening scene yeah. of this movie, you wouldn't comb your hair and do something with it. I mean, would you roll out of bed and just? No. Oh, if she wears this janky ass hat. Oh, oh yes. god, the little straw hat. I mean, you've seen it in the previews and in all the pictures with this dorky hat it's 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 like it looks cheap i'm sorry it looks really cheap to me it looks like something that i'd get at target and slap a few of the cheap ostrich feathers on not the good ones but the cheap ones that i you know a little straggly a little straggly and just kind of jam them on there and then you wear that to a job interview over your scraggly hair i'm like oh no wonder you didn't get the job first time around (laughs) Uh, but then he comes okay to go back to the plot a little tiny yeah but then he comes to give her the job after thinking about it, um, in the middle of the night when she's taking a bath and she's thrived, it's like it's like a, out of a sitcom. Okay? Right. Oh yes, yeah, so I'm going to go to her house at midnight. That yes. seems like a good and idea. She's taking her taking a bath. It's a, yeah, it's a little little you know not the most original plot there on that part. So yeah, hair. Um, yes. That said, the men all primarily have the good you know full bottom wigs, except for of course our our leading man there uh, because Who, yes. he, he's too. Well, and Rugged is, and awesome to wear a wig. But this is an era when wigs are just starting to come into fa- really coming becoming a fashion item for men, and I think really very much an upper class fashion. So that makes sense to me, and I like that at least he has long hair. Yeah. No, I, I think it's really a, a, just a choice they're making to to show the the leading man, uh, you know, without the wig, so he's not like the foppy, the old fashioned. The, the the court group. Right. Even he, though he is totally part of the court establishment and all yes. that. The, the historical character was. But he's still, he's a working guy. But, and yeah, he's, he's, he's not all about kissing ass of the king. Yeah, so there, it's it's an obvious choice. That's fine. I, you know, I get it. But Although there were a few times his hair got a little scraggly. Yeah. when it Again, when he wasn't working. And he never tied it back or anything no. again. Although I don't know if we saw him working as much as sort of popping by to check in on things. Uh, he was very much the uh, the supervisor. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> How are things doing over yes, here hey, at the mud pit? <laughs> you're wearing stays again? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, and one other thing. This is something I, I don't know enough of. Well, it's not that I don't know. I question the the shape of Kate Winslet's stays, God. 
They're not perfect. They're not bad. But they give her a real bust curve. Yeah. Now she was pregnant during the filming. Yes. And so that probably, she's already a little bit curvy, which is lovely. And she's probably even more curvy then because of hormones and all of that. But it gives her this bust curve that then they're always trying to fit the gowns around. And it makes, I think that's something that makes things look a little more Victorian than they need to be mm -hmm. um, because of that curvature of the stays. Yeah. And as a busty person, I know that it can be difficult to fit them. But there are ways and that you can still get a good silhouette. And yeah, you might need a little bit more of a fichu or something to cover up. But it's a good time for um, to bring out that great quote. Winslet said in Variety that we were in the early stages of her pregnancy. So I didn't really have much of a bump at all, but I had huge, huge breasts. And at a certain point, there really wasn't any place to put them. So they either go down or they go up. But then you're like, do we have any space in my armpits for these things? It was definitely a little uncomfortable, but very, uh, very necessary. Yeah. So, um, and, I, you know, you solidarity. Know. I, I get you. Yeah. Okay. It, it, I'm, it, I'm there with you. But again, I just feel like they could have done, given her room for her boobs without such a curvature. Yeah. And that would have made her look a little less Victorian in the bus silhouette. Yeah. Now, the other character we need to talk about, Helen McCrory. Yes, let's who, do. Who plays Lenotra's sort of evil and yet regretting it plotty, schemy wife. Or jealous. or I, I don't know, know. Her what. motivations are extremely they, hard to pin yes, down. Yes, and why she has to pay for a shag, we're unclear. Even um, though she seems to get like, have a guy who's doing her dirty work and, yeah. and getting it on. Unclear, unclear. First dress, she shows up and I wrote down sparkle motion. For those of you who get that reference, you'll <sighs> oh know what God. I mean. It's like... I guess they went to Little India yeah. and found this really cool, you know, beaded, embroidered skirt totally. and said, let's zhuzh something on top and let's. call it good. I have no fucking... Like, we both. Like, jaws <laughs> drop. And we're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. We're cackling. Yes. 15, less than 15 minutes into the yes. movie. Now, I will say it was pretty. I have no fucking idea what Actually, it was supposed it, to be. it didn't fit that great. It had this weird yeah. waistline issue. Like, it was a little low-waisted on her. I mean, she is a gorgeous woman. She can be made to look really, really attractive in period costume. I mean, she's been in a ton of things. Just look her up. But that first gown, it was very sparkly, and it was some great fabrics. Not necessarily for this period. Uh, but some great fabrics. Yeah. And they good and they're flattering tones on her, you know, dark burgundy with mm -hmm. a lot of silver and black and again, very good for her. But it was a weird fit. It was just and it was not seventeenth well, century. I don't know what the fuck it was, but it was it was I, weird. It was interesting too because Kate Winslet's costumes fit her well. But all the other women, there were times. Okay, so there's yes. one time uh, the Princess Palatine comes by. and Or no, excuse me. Yeah. First it was Montespan and then Princess yes. Palatine. These huge gaps between their bodice and the skirt where you can see like four inches of waistband. Yes, because they're, um, they're wearing separate bodice and separate skirts. And they're not, gown. they're not pinned or basted or hell, fucking duct tape, binder clip together. I, know. I don't know what. But both of us went, yeah. And they Jesus. walked by and you're yeah. just like, oh. Because, yeah, the, and, and that happens. Is. They separate. You've got to do something to keep the two together. If you raise your arms at all, there goes your bodice, and here we can see your waistband. And yeah. it happened twice. Yes. Like, on, so, so on two people and throughout the scene, like, it would happen multiple times in the scene, and you could see it like, ugh, ugh. So it makes me wonder if most of the other costumes maybe were rentals. Because there were yes. a lot of fit issues. A lot of McCrory's gowns fit weird. So we mentioned that um, Bergen had designed for our beloved tutors before that was sarcasm uh so sh so i found this great bit um 
uh, on fashionista.com, noting about how Bergen um, had uh, bought roughly 50 of the costumes back from the studio from the Tudors because she, quote, couldn't bear to part with the pieces. So much had work, work had gone into them. <laughs> Could have fooled me. In, yeah, insert commentary. Um, and so Bergen can creatively repurpose her stock for other projects, especially ones with a tight budget. She modernized early 1500s dresses style-wise for about 200 years later for a little chaos set during the reign of, uh, of thinking. And, and, and it was a quick lesson in understanding every detail of your period for the costume. The waist went up and down, the necklines changed, so we added big lace collars at the front of the dresses. So I'm thinking there, so, there were several that were reused. Bergen was even more resourceful in dressing six-foot-one actress Paula Paul, who play, played Madame Princess Palatine. I'm sorry, that's an unfortunate name. I know, Paula Paul. Um, for hunting scenes, she fitted perfectly into Johnny Reese Myers' Henry VIII hunting outfit. With, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It did look Yeah. Awesome. So there was definitely, like, some binder clips and yeah. I don't know what uh, going on oh. because, yeah. Um, I would say some of the few dresses that... Uh, um, okay, and definitely a mishmash on extras. Now, um, it's only about 30 years out of date, and to some people that wouldn't really be so much of an issue, but definitely sack gowns on the on extras um, and sack gowns in multiple scenes. And sack gowns did not come in until the 1710s at the earliest. Um, uh, and just other things like that. But again, I can give them a pass. It's low budget, etc. They just need sort of pretty and vaguely... You know, again, at least it's not Tudor. Okay. At least it's not Victorian. Candor's being way too nice. Because I don't give that a pass because it's such an iconic look. The the, the sack or the Francaise is, is a very iconic 18th century look. And to me, it screams. You know, it's not like if they if it didn't have that, you know, the little pleaty-backy thing. If it, if it was just a... Because there were other places where it were, was it where they did have characters, extras, wearing 18th century, you know... Anglaise style non sack gowns and I'm like okay I'll give those a pass but where you can see it's the sack back that's where I'm like ugh well and also actually that's a really good point because the the two styles that were fashionable in this era um, is there's the fitted bodice and skirt um, which is a boned bodice usually with tabs that are generally hidden under the skirt and then there's a new style that comes in which is the mantua which is a very loose robe um, that's worn overfitted stays that comes in, which is the mantua, which is a very loose robe um, that's worn overfitted stays. And that sort of turns into the styles of the 18th century, including the sack. Um, and the key thing about the mantua is the way that they gave it shape was A, wearing stays and B, putting a big sash, sash. on it. So if they had taken it, these sack gowns and given the people um, a sash, yep. they would have completely made them look much more yep. late 17th century. Yep. So yeah. all that would have been is like a yard of fabric. Yeah. And I think with some of the uh, non-sack style dresses, they did do things like um, change up some trim uh, a little bit. Uh, not a lot, but a little bit. And so it was a little less glaring to me. Of course, you know, we are nitpicking. It is what we do. Yes, um, professionally. Having, having uh, you know, read some reviews already uh, before seeing this, you know, the costumes were universally praised. It's a lush costume lush period piece it looks great even the reviews that said it was a snooze fest or there's no chemistry between the leads or, or you know things like that because it's gotten mixed reviews you know pro and con they all love the costumes and the sets but i think that's the uneducated opinion no it, it totally they is. see shiny they yeah. see something that looks oldie timey and yeah. they say thumbs up yeah you know it totally is and so i just point that out to 
you know, to com- to, to contrast, to, to say that, you know, like, look, we're... We're we're doing God's work here, people. Yes, totally. <laughs> and also that that's part of the reason for frock flicks. And you know, before anybody goes getting butt hurt, um, you know, that's that's what we're trying to bring to this. There yeah. are people who know everything about garden design who probably are out there analyzing the gardening aspects of this film, or Shakespeare experts who are looking at you know the Shakespearean adaptations. And yeah. so we're bringing that we're bringing an informed opinion to the costumes and. Uh, that's just, it is what it is. And, yeah. and, you know, and that's fine. Not everybody's an expert in everything, but it is interesting how, you know, it's shiny. It looks oldie timey. Yeah. Thumbs up from us. You know, yeah. we're trying to do something a little more nuanced. Here. Yeah. And, you know, again, doing research before this, I did find reviews that were nitpicking the fact that it's not precisely historical. Um, Nothra, you know, um, he was older than the king at this point. Oh, uh, he was really? like 25 years older than the king. So there was generation difference, and so their relationship between each other was blah, blah, blah. And, you know, again, this is a work of historical fiction, and we've already discussed how they're inserting a woman in here at all is, you know, okay, it's fiction. We got it. Um, so that will, you know, some might say that lends itself to making the costumes more fictional, but then at that point you're not even getting into a historical part. Then you may, you may as well just call it fantasy. Call it Game of Thrones, and yeah. then you can do whatever just, the hell you want. Just set it in a modern period about some people gardening, you know? <laughs> or set it in a fantasy kingdom, yeah. you know? And again, then you can do whatever you want. Yeah. One other thing, um, there were luckily only one or two, but uh, at least two backlacing gowns, which again makes absolutely no sense from uh, for the kind of, of dr- style that they were trying to show, which was more sort of the Mantua style. Um, one of which... Um, had contrast lacing. Yes, so we were actually, ex- ex- yeah, on Helen McCrory as Madame Lenotra. So we were extra excited that not just was back lacing there, but we're going to highlight it with a contrasting ribbon or something. And I know, I mean, I, I've been keep thinking about the back lacing thing because it keeps coming up in my life. Uh, and I think <laughs> just A, the idea of lacing anything seems oldie timey. Yes. And then B, something in back where somebody else would have to help you get dressed. Ooh, you might have a servant, you know, etc. That that I think that that's just sort of a go-to thing for most people when they think you oldie timey. Um, and okay, but there, there there's this whole sort of century and a half where it just didn't make any sense. When your dress already opens in front, you don't need to add a second opening. Well, half the time, at least, and I, this particular one with the contrasting lacing, half the time, at least, they don't do the opening in the front or it's the fake Yes, it's thing. clearly it's sewn together. Um, in the front. So this one with uh, that McCrory, poor, poor Hal McCrory. Yeah. She, she got it, kind of got the short end of the stick in this one. And, and it's... She was wearing some interesting things, none of which had anything to do with this yes. movie's period. Yes, yeah, she would have been um, great it, it, if it was a Doctor Who episode. Maybe with some improved fit, it, they yeah. would have been great. Yeah, it's it's the Vampires of Venice yes. wardrobe. Think that um, times ten because it's some really cool. Mostly, let's again, the fit wasn't always great. Um, some interesting outfits, but not this period so the one that with, yeah. the, with the contrast lacing i could it had some kind of embroidery on the front that i swear looked like a dinosaur like, oh, a, yes. bron- like a brontosaurus kind of dinosaur but they never cl- as we we're saying before they didn't close up on it yeah you usually get a- an establishing shot of mccrory yeah. and then they'd cut to a and sort she was of kind of to the side cleavage or something shot. or a cleavage up or a little to the side and it was like it's kind of this dark color with like a green pattern that i swear looked like a brontosaurus 
<laughs> she did. I, she even wrote it down in her notes. I, I yeah, did I know? I don't know. I, I if I could find a, a, a good screen cap or, or a full length, you know, promo shot, probably won't be able to. They, I'm sure they're hiding all these. Yes, but, totally. Know, Very deep in the basement. Um, but you know, hey, I, it, it pleases to me to me to imagine her in, in a back lacing dino. Maybe we should make gown. that for our that next, would be great for our next project. Yes. or something. T Rex dresses. T Rex dresses with the T Rex yeah. arms. Yeah. Um, and now, oh, 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 in her last gown when she goes and 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 uh, opens the sluice gates. Um, I don't remember what she wore. She was she was wearing mostly it was the cape that you saw. Oh right. It was the... this great like was... burnout velvet collar that was padded. It looked stuffed. Yeah, stuffed and padded, and 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 this this long cape in a sort some of... kind of. It looked like a flock taffeta, except clearly there were like there were three appliques. appliques or something. And, and part of it was like if we could take the cloak off, I you know I think we probably would have been horrified. But I it, think it was like the Victorian gown. Yeah, underneath. I mean there I was really part of do. us that was like, ooh, that could be. Wait, no, 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 no what? No. What is that? Is that burnout velvet? Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, her hair looked the better of the in yeah anything she had during the rest of the movie. Yeah, but. I will say a lot of the hairstyles. Um, Looked good to me. Okay, so minus Kate, which yes. clearly only two bobby pins allowed by contract. Um, a, a lot of the hair, uh, hairstyles were interesting. I liked that they were kind of the right shape and maybe a little more toned down, except when they get to court. And yes. I loved that Montespan had yes. that perfect 1680s hair, which is the big curly sort of football shape with some long ringlets. And then the football shape kind of goes on either side of the, the head, and then there's one little silly ringlet that hangs down from it, yes. and they had that, and it made it was, me very happy because I really need that hairstyle in my life. It's a really good wig she's yeah. wearing. Yeah, uh, and, and that's yeah. a good transition yes. to there were a lot of men in full-bottom wigs, yes. and let me tell you, men in full-bottom wigs are the hotness. It's up there with big built-up Regency collars for me. I got to say, men, if you're out there, if you're listening, go for that full-bottom wig look. Really hot. Full bottom wig will oh. get you some bottom. Oh yeah. Get you laid. Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. Um, since you mentioned court, so that so a lot of the movie is you know Kate Winslet in mud, um, the D- Danish guy looking longingly, <laughs> yeah, McCrory and God knows what, and then there's like two scenes at court. In different places where, because court travels at that time, before Versailles all well, really built up. Court still traveled even then, but it yeah. was more based. Yeah, yeah this it was, more, is, it was, it was even super more travely. Um, and then the last scene where they're just like it's all court, and <laughs> and that's where we get some. I would hesitate to say good costumes, but interesting costumes. Pretty colors, nice Pretty, fabrics, nothing egregious. Uh, the good, the better wigs. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> and and Montespan's special place. You remember the special place? The special place? The special room? Okay, yeah. So that the is special, the first that She calls it her special for. place. So she goes to court and she's immediately invited into Madame de Montespan, who is the official title, maîtresse en titre, which means the official mistress of the king. She's invited into her special women's sanctuary where women are in various stages of dress. Um, there's this older woman. Okay, well, yeah, there's boobs in very interesting places. There's this older woman who's wearing stays that come up way too high and then, like, no chemise under it. And her hair, I mean, she looks like she just rolled out of, I, you know, the if there were straw in it, I would think she just came out of the haystack. I don't know. Um, various other than there's this other woman who's wearing, like, this sort of taffeta 
sleeves and skirt and then this big stays and then the king comes in and they all go and be are presented and so she's presented in her stays so there's this weird mishmash of like clearly it's supposed to be the intimate women's room and they immediately start talking about their dead children and it's very you know they immediately bond uh there's no snootiness whatsoever apparently in the french court in this era um we need to talk about stanley tucci um, <laughs> yes we do yes. um anyway but the the weird i mean i get that yes there were private rooms but usually the person who is dressing is the sort of the high ranking person it's not the other people we don't all just get dressed together this is not you know 1965 boarding school where we're all going to have a pillow fight in our roughly panties um it's uh, attendants coming and dressing, yeah. you know, or get the high undressed. Ranked. It seemed like they were getting undressed. More I couldn't than a, I couldn't tell. It was so weird. And b, it should be the high-ranking person. It was so weird. But it's, it was this weird mishmash. I guess it was sleep overnight. It I was, don't know. Yeah, it was honestly, it was like what we do. You know, it was costume home. college. It was cost, yeah. So imagine that with a crazy old lady. Oh, wait, wait, that is costume college. Yes, totally. I'm, and I'm the crazy old lady. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci! Yes! Oh, he was so wearing purple. Cute. Yes. Oh my god. So he was the Duke d'Orléans who was the gay brother, right, of Louis the Fourteenth. Shiny. He was so shiny. Oh yeah, and he has this great little bit at the beginning where he talks about how Lenotre is plain, and I myself am on the opposite side of the fashion spectrum. Um, <laughs> like, yes, yes, you are. Like that. And he has this great hat with all these plumes, and yeah. he has multiple outfits that are super shiny. And I should say, I think overall... They're a little uh, sort of generic late 17th, early 18th century. Overall, the men's costumes yeah. were fine. I didn't yeah. sort of, there was nothing super egregious in them. Um, but Stanley Tucci was fabulous. He was. He, he really was. was. He was. Yeah. Fuchsia with uh, yeah. good trim. And... Yeah. They they did a nice job on, I'd say, him and Alan Rickman's too. Yeah. Uh, as the yeah. king. Yeah. And then the king. Although I thought, see, I thought Alan Rickman should have been a little fancier. Well, I, you know, it's funny because I think they were definitely doing uh, older, more mature king. Sure, it was an everyday king. An everyday, because he had a a special private moment with um, Sabine uh, where he was mistaken for the gardener. But see, the king shouldn't be able to be mistaken for the gardener, even with his wig off. I know, it was, it was a thing. It's a very, that was a very modern storyline thing. Um, It's slightly predictable, but uh, cute. It was, it was. Yeah, sweet. Um, So... You know, the men's stuff wasn't, other than Stanley Tucci, wasn't, you know. Nothing made you go, ooh, what's that? Or, you know. Except that in general, full bottom wigs, you yeah. know, oh, turn us on. So hot. I have to say, <laughs> having been to Volo Vicomte, which is the big uh, costume event um, in France, it happens once every summer, um, one day where all these people come in 17th and 18th century costume. Having been around that, there's a decent number of people who do 17th century. And having been around all those guys in these full bottom wigs, whew, it's not something we see very much stateside in. It is hot, hot. <laughs> wow. Yes. And that is, again, Beaulieu Vicomte, designed yes. by Lenotre or the gardens. The gardens, yeah. yes. I mean. And he considered that better than his work at Versailles. Did he? Yes, according oh, to excellent. research. Needs more shade. Yeah. That's my that's well, my feedback. They were not for big him. on shade. That's my feedback. Well, then I need the little servant to carry the fringed parasol yes, around me. Yes, we all need that because entirely. Yeah. yeah. Um, was there any anything? Have we missed anything on costumes? I think we've gotten some. I good, think we've good covered ash. most of what yeah, I wanted yes. to cover. Uh, you thought the maid was weird. I don't know. If oh yeah, yeah. About it's that. nothing specific except that um, uh, Sabine's maid kind of looked like she's wearing Civil War costume. 
Minus a hoop. Yeah, minus yeah. a hoop. And I don't know. Yeah. Just struck me as odd. You know, it's a little thing. You just you only see her for like a few tiny scenes at the beginning. Yeah. Um, again, it's those... Really, what what is annoying us is the little things that, um, you know, only people who give a shit like us, and hopefully you, because you're tuning into this because you give a shit about these same things, um, shits are given. Yes, many and many shits were given this day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think it, that some fitting issues, some questionable. Oh, we took this and we zhuzhed it and repurposed it, but yeah. maybe not so successfully. Uh, costumes on most people, uh, most of the women, and then Kate Winslet so sort of streamlined and modernized a little too much. But again, I give them props for a lot of pretty fabrics, yeah. especially on McCrory. Um, Kate Winslet was in a lot of gray, yeah. um, but whatever. Um, and um, shiny trims, yeah. which is nice, nice to man. see. And uh, props for actually staying vaguely late 17th century. So at least they weren't in total a totally wrong period or just prom dresses i'll give them that i appreciate that well because this is an era in particular that's not done very often so it was kind of refreshing to see but also i could see them going eh nobody ever sees this nobody really knows let's let's call it good i kind of feel like they did that Eh, all right maybe so okay this is we're good cop bad cop she's the east german judge i'm the west german for those of you who are you know Old enough to drink. Get, to get the reference, yes. yeah. Um, again, I don't think it was terrible costume-wise. I just think that there were a lot of near misses. Yeah. A lot, or, of, yeah. A lot of detail, a lot of attention was not paid. Um, <laughs> or just a lot of money and time was not had. Yeah. I think, I think they had a lot of ambition that they didn't realize they could not fulfill. Because... This, if you can do 17th century, but if you're doing the, this court, these characters, this story, you're going to have to pony up. At least somewhat. In some way. Yeah, unless you go for super stylized, you know, Dracula or something yeah. where, you know, everybody's in spacesuits or something. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I think of Restoration, where fictional story, and that's great. But you have, and even there, for that matter, you only have a few scenes at court in Restoration. And those are OTT, over-the-top, gorgeous, stunning, period, bada-bing, bada-boom. Just like, draw-dropping, drool-worthy. And then the good three-fourths of the movie is not so much. Trekking around in the mud. Trekking around in the mud. Or out with the people. And fairly historically accurate there. So... (laughs) You know, I mean, I don't know what the budget was for that. I'm not going to look it up. Go back to our podcast for that one. We might have talked about it there. Um, So I think, you know, know, pick and choose. One other thing I thought was worth worth mentioning is the fact that this was filmed in England. And I actually think they did a decent job with the locations. Yeah. Nothing was jarring. Um, They got enough. I mean, you didn't. You weren't in the Hall of Mirrors, I mean, because he's just, at some point in this movie, Louis XIV just moves into Versailles. Yeah. So it's supposed to be construction, which I think was a, you know, a good choice for yeah. them because then they didn't have to actually recreate Versailles. But um, I felt like, you know, they, they were in nice period rooms with Definitely. the gilding and all of that kind of stuff. Sabine's house looked like, yeah. uh, you know, what I think a 17th century sort of more middling class house. So I thought they did a good job yeah. with that. And then what how they built up the... 
the uh, garden that she builds um, in the, for the final reveal was nicely done, too. So. Yeah, that final reveal was very pretty, and they did uh, what you, you said it was a menuet, a proper menuet. Oh, yeah, so. that made me happy for once to see, because, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I think I'm particularly scarred from seeing Ridicule about a year ago, where there's this big final dancing, and I swear to God they're doing the hokey pokey. So it made me happy as someone who has learned how to do the minuet that it looked like Kate Winslet and Alan Rickman were doing a minuet. And then they transitioned into some other dance, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that yes. it was also period. It was nice to see, actually. This is what they actually did. Somebody actually looked into this. Thank you, <laughs> yes. dance choreographer. Yay, research. Yay. And and back about the, the settings in general, um, I've read that they got access to a number of historical buildings that hadn't been filmed in before. So <laughs> that's nice. That's so why it's not the it's, same it's old. It's not the same old, same old that we see a lot in period movies. Something tells me Alan Rickman can call in some favors. Yeah, yeah, he might have some connections. He might. You know, that's, yeah. well, he ha- this is only his second movie he's directed. Yeah, he knows some people. Yeah, he does. You know, which yeah. is which is good. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, check it oh. out when it comes to, to cable or, or whatever. One other yes. thought, oh, makeup. Oh, makeup. I thought the makeup was nice. I liked yeah. the fact that, um, I thought the, they could have used a little bit more lip rouge, particularly on the men, but yeah. I liked that they had a good, especially on the court courtiers when they're at court. Yes. The good, the pale look, but not too cartoony with yeah. some rouge. It was good. And I liked that I never noticed on Winslet any massively modern, you know, peach eyeshadow or right. pink lipstick or right. anything like that. They yeah. kept her very pretty, but very natural yeah. looking. And I appreciated that as well. Yeah. And even McCrory, which, you know, yeah. who you're gonna, if you're going to paint anyone to town. She got she, a little she, peachy in the eyes sometimes, but, but, but not, not bad. You know, she wasn't all lipsticked and didn't yeah. have like a million patches or something, which, you know. There was, it wasn't caricature. And it wasn't but, yeah. modernized. Exactly. Either, they weren't nice. doing that on, on really anyone, which, yeah. was, which is nice. And you only really saw even the most makeup at the court scenes. Right. Um, so, where what they got right, they did get right. And what they got wrong, they got very wrong. So, yeah. So, watch <laughs> it. It's mildly, I mean, it's decently entertaining. Yeah. And you can have fun looking for things like bodice gaps. Oh, and, yeah. Look for them. And, You'll see them. You'll go, and, ah! Like what the fuck is that trim doing? And, and uh, we and had a long debate on one particular trim on McCrory of whether it's, it was beading or grommets. Yeah. You, de- you, decide. you decide. We'll put we'll, Tell, we put a screen cap up and, and, and do and a then poll. Vote. Yeah, do we'll a do vote. a poll. Yeah. So let us know what you think on Facebook, on Twitter, and on our blog. Uh, tell us, you know, what you think of A Little Chaos. We'd love to hear from you. Or 17th century. Do you have better 17th century movies we yes. should be watching yes. instead? Yes, old ones, and because um, we want to catch up with some of the old stuff. But we thought, you know, this is in the theaters. You know, it's what all the what the kids, what are, the up kids to. are up to yes. out in the real world. Right. So <laughs> thought we'd uh, uh, spot you one for uh, for a little while, and uh, we will get to some classics as well because I know there's just a, there's a huge backlog, and you know you've been yes. clamoring for some of those. So. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks. We have no Sarah to say bye. So au revoir. Au revoir.